0: He smashes it down the ground and it goes all the way. Farhan Bahadin has got to the fastest ever T2050 in South Africa and it's. Uh, Uh, Now that
1: will be a Canada Dry Maximum. I'm joined by um, somebody I know from many moons ago, to, uh, You know, probably talking 15 plus years ago, maybe more than that. Um, I'm joined by South African all-round cricketer and ex-captain as well, uh, Farhan bahardin faji how you doing bro?
2: Hey buddy, I'm um, good, uh, thanks. Um, under the circumstances, all good. Um, yeah, just chilling in Pretoria. Um kind of getting through the days and uh yeah, very fortunate, uh, you know, to have to, to have my health. So yeah, all good so far.
1: No good, good. I'm glad I'm glad to hear it. So you living in uh are you living in Pretoria these days? Is that where you're is that where you're based now?
2: Yeah, I've been uh well, grew up in Cape Town, uh Lived, well, still living in Pretoria for the last 14 years. Okay. Uh, supposedly, I was supposed to uh, be in Newcastle, not too far away from you. Okay. Uh, you know, I signed a contract with Durham for two years. and yeah. Um, But yeah, so, but that's been put on hold, obviously, because of, uh, you know, the virus and stuff that's happened around the world. But I'm currently in Pretoria now, yeah.
1: Okay, okay. So, I'm going to take you all the way back. <laughs> uh, to the to the early days of early days of life. So hopefully you've got a good memory of Um I hope so. Born ninth of October, nineteen eighty-three. Correct. Born in Johannesburg.
2: Yes, born in Johannesburg, grew up in Cape Town, now living in Pretoria, okay.
1: and a future
2: resident of uh, the northeast of the UK. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I'll be look, 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 look. Listen, you're not going to be too far away. Hopefully, I can catch up with you on this yeah. side when, when you're over here. Um, yeah. So, Tell me about what age were you when you left Joburg to go to Cape Town?
2: Uh, I was only five. I mean, my dad moved uh, to to Johannesburg for for work and I got born in Joburg uh, when I was five. Left back down to Cape Town, Mm -hmm. grew up there, went to school, went to high school, uh, went to uni. And then uh, and then I left 14 years ago uh, to come up to Pretoria to pursue a career. Okay.
1: Okay. So. Tell me about your childhood in Cape Town. I mean what was what what was that like? I mean Cape Town is my favorite city on earth. Um I I absolutely I loved Cape Town. You know, it was I just if I could go anywhere I would I would I would go to visit Cape Town. And um, what was it like for you growing up there?
2: Yeah, look, I think it was a brilliant place for me to grow up. You know, my family is very uh community oriented um my dad's family is massive with his brothers and sisters. You know, he has nine brothers and sisters or had nine brothers and sisters. So, I had a lot of first cousins. So, growing up, we spent a lot of time together. Um, we spent a lot of time in the community and uh, um, playing in the streets and playing at home. And, you know, sport was a big part of me growing up. My dad played. My mom didn't play too much. My dad played a bit of baseball. He played rugby. So, whenever South Africa played on TV, we used to watch Um but yeah, look, the Cape Town traditions and the culture, the Cape Malay culture, was uh, it's, it's a big, there's my background, you know, so, um, and I totally enjoyed it growing up, you know, like I said, very community driven, but then also very sports driven, you know, we play a lot of sports, my brother was old enough, he's a bit younger than me, when he was old enough, we played all the time,
0: uh-huh.
2: um, yeah, so I mean, that was the first part of my journey in Cape Town, and. You know, going to high school, I got exposed more to playing cricket and playing the rugby at the competitive levels against uh, other schools, other boys' schools, uh, mm-hmm. you know, namely Bishops, Rondebosch, Weinberg, Sachs, you know, the more traditional uh, boys' schools. And mm-hmm. uh, and that was the first time I got exposed to some uh, some professional cricket, yeah?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, not professional, but like some, some good level competitive cricket, should I say.
1: Okay. So, I had on uh, just a couple of days back, did a recording with uh, the great Omar Henry, who yes. you know paved the way, Fudgy, for many to follow. And um, when it comes to people from a, a coloured background, um, yes. I mean, how much of a how much of a memory do you have of him growing up? Imagine your 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 father, your uncles, aunties. They would have all known of of Omar Henry.
2: Uh, they all know of Omar. Yes, uh, my family actually is a big uh, big rugby family. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, he paved the way in 1992 I I and mean, throughout his whole career, you know, and uh, unfortunately, South Africa had a, a tough time being excluded from international sport, um, you know, due to uh, the apartheid era, and I mean, that was tough for everybody in South Africa. Uh, he paved the way. I don't have too many memories. I used to play when I was growing up. I played loads of sports, but soccer being a big sport that I used to play, mm-hmm. uh, and that was the main sport for me. I played cricket in the summer, but like soccer was like I really enjoyed it. I was part of the club team
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, every Saturdays in the winters. We used to go out and play, and you know, I, 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 I have actually dealt with uh, Omar injury over the over the years and that's obviously me becoming a professional cricketer yeah i've had to deal with him in in um, in, in nepal region because that's where he's from uh-huh. um so i never really got to um experience what he had to experience is uh mm-hmm. or got to see you know him paving the way for me um mm-hmm. but yeah look he a trailblazer in 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 the community and he and he definitely started um you know, started the bar for us.
1: Yeah. I mean, just while we're on that subject, how did you find your upbringing? I mean, did you find that things were controversial growing up as a kid? Did you say, or by the time that you were coming through, was it, was it a little bit more straightforward?
2: Yeah, look, I was very fortunate. My parents did a great job, you know. My dad was kicked out of his house in the in District Six back in the day in apartheid uh, years. Um, Fortunately, my parents sheltered me from uh, apartheid and segregation and racism especially. And, um, you know, I grew up a carefree young kid who just wanted to uh, play soccer, kick a rugby ball, hit a cricket ball, you know, have a tennis racket in his hand and... I suppose I really thank them for that, and 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 they exposed me to um, all of the the wonders that sport can can do, and I just literally uh, thank them for, for you know for for not exposing me to that particular aspect, and and yeah, that's hopefully one day I can you know t- uh, teach my kids you know going forward you know exactly exactly the same thing.
1: Yeah, no, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Now I want to touch on. How I know you? Um, probably, I think um, I, I came over to South Africa um, to join up with the Western Province Academy. I came over with yes. now current Scotland captain Kyle Kutzer. Was uh, that in
2: 2002?
1: 2002. That's right. So it's yes, 18 uh,
2: years ago. It's uh, of my oh, life ago.
1: No, it's it's actually when you think about it, it's it's scary, <laughs> man. Where have the years gone? But. Yes. So, I, I got to I got to meet you, and you know everything you've just described there of your childhood and the kind of your kind of you know your love of sports and you know stuff like that is pretty much from my memory of the period of time that I got to know you and play a bit of cricket with you. You were always a very yes. energetic guy. You always turned up buzzing, really happy to be there. You could tell you just loved to be around the cricket. You know, got you were so net friendly with everybody. You were very very yeah. team man. We had some great guys in our team to name a few. You know, Mario Oliver. Bit of a crazy character, uh, but a lovable, yeah. lovable lad. Used to steam running and bowl as fast as possible. Ahmed Majid, who I'm yeah. still keeping uh, keep in touch with on Facebook. Very, he was actually our captain of the academy that year. Yes, he uh, was. We had, uh, we had Barney Mohammed as our coach. Um, and we, we had yeah. it, We had it, we, There was a proper, there was a proper talented side. But I think the best memory I had at that point was we used to get to bowl in the Newlands nets at Graham Smith, Herschel Gibbs. Um, yes. Ashwell Prince,
2: Shark and up-and-coming, up-and-coming
1: J.P. Uh, tell me about your memories of, of that time.
2: Yeah, I was a young kid. I, I had maybe a bit of a disillusioned view of what it would take to become an international player. I thought I'd play one year in the academy, next year in the B side, uh, the following year in the A side, and then the next year I'd play for South Africa. So, <laughs> I had a very... Uh, I mean, some would say very wishful or um, very goal orientated, but still disillusioned because the journey, you know, took me quite a long time to to actually achieve all my goals. But Mm -hmm. it was awesome, you know, I used to be to put that dip in and for many people don't know when I was growing up, I I mean, I used to be an opening bowler slash first change bowler. Uh, People see me as a batsman now, more of a batting all-rounder. Uh, and back then, I used to love, I used to go bowling uh, whenever they played ODIs or whenever the national team played test matches. And they, were eating, they needed like, net bowlers to bowl and I used to be the guy that was bowling. Um, so, those, those are very uh, fond memories that I have of, of just seeing my heroes in, uh, in action, particularly Jacques Gallus. You know, he was my idol growing up and, and to see him in the flesh and to see him up close and personal and such big characters of the game and
0: mm-hmm.
2: even then you know they, i don't think they would have known that they would have reached such heights as they mm-hmm. did you know, especially jacques Gallus, but uh so yeah, very fun memories i used to work my arse because i used to bowl quite a lot <laughs> yeah. um but yeah very fun memories and you know you got to bowl at newlands and we used to get tickets to go watch games and um yeah it was all it was all cool because i love the sport and i love just being a part of it all and uh I wanted to. I mean, I, I aspired to get there, and I, I, but I never knew exactly how it was all going to unfold. <laughs> but I, you know, it was, it was quite close. It was quite cool because I could actually like almost touch it. But uh, but uh, yeah, I was still quite a quite a quite a way away.
1: That's interesting though to hear, man. That you had clear goals. I mean, that's something that I think a lot of youngsters maybe lack when they're coming through. You need to have sight of where you're going. I certainly. You know, probably similar to yourself, believed at that point that I was going to be everything was going to go hunky dory and, and life would yes. be easy. But you know, there's 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 blocks that come come in front of you, and it's a matter of dealing with them. And you've obviously, you know, looking at the, you're going to go into going through your career. But there, there's been lots of little bumps along the way, um, in your career, and you've you've always kind of you just strike me as kind of a you know you've got a strong strong mentality probably to get through a lot of the tough stages do you think your, your your mental side or something that you've developed as you've
2: gone along 100% and touching on to the fact that we are where I grew up so I mean I grew up um in a pretty safe environment a uh, pretty safe community either there were elements around the community that I grew up in uh, uh a suburb called Mannenberg, Hanover Park, Ederfeld you know those are the neighboring suburbs to where I grew up which was notorious sure. in Cape Town as being very dangerous and uh havens for drugs and, and 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 violence and gangsterism so that's why i always thank my parents for, you know, for shielding me from all of those uh, influences coming into my my personal life and any of the close friends that i had at the times life so and that's why i mentioned i never got exposed to that uh so growing up you know my parents they were not wealthy and they made ends meet and but it was a tough gig um I, yeah, we never had everything that uh, my friends had, and my and other kids had, and and one thing I did have is my sport to kind of uh, express myself, and I was uh, had a, some sort of ability and some sort of talent. Uh, it's, it kind of set me apart. And going through all of that, you know, growing up in the neighbourhood, where I, I I did feel safe, but also knowing that there were challenges. My parents weren't wealthy, so but they provided the roof over my head, food in my belly uh close them up back so that was sorted so i never felt without um and all of those challenges you know going to a different school so i went to a old model c school um from my community and got exposed to different cultures and having to make it in cricket and i played rugby at school love of mine <laughs> a very close second to, to the, my current love which is uh, cricket and uh
1: it's funny you say that. I actually watched a segment when you boys were away on tour recently, not not so long ago. I think South Africa yeah. playing in the and the final or the semi, and I think it was you and Ab de Villiers in particular, and you looked possessed watching the game, man. I do not remember what it was. I was watching it was some sort of documentary. But you were like, when they
2: won, you were golf, you were... Yeah, no, I think, I think we were overseas. I think we were watching the, the semi-finals Africa versus Wales. And I think it was in the last 10 minutes we beat okay. Wales with the, with the try. And I think we just lost our minds because I think a lot of the guys are quite close to uh, some of the rugby players, the national yeah. rugby players.
0: Yeah.
2: And, uh, and just generally, personally, to me, it means a lot. My dad played rugby, my family, my cousins played rugby, I played rugby yeah go uh, growing up through high school so it, it, and we won the world cup and, and so in ninety five and and I was so passionate about it and anyway, I'm still passionate today about it, but that's yeah, entirely different yeah. show yeah. <laughs> yeah. but yeah so when you ask about the mental side going through growing up where i grew up uh, not having too much uh with regards to resources uh but having enough and I think that made me willing to work hard and and to attain my goals and, you know, set myself apart on the cricket field from the rest.
1: Yeah, no, excellent, excellent. So, 2004, Faji, debut for Western Province. Yes. So, I mean, you said you wanted to make the B um, the next year, then the year after. I mean, you were close, you're you reasonably close to, to going along with your roadmap. Um, but how was that for you? Obviously, proud moment, big, you know, yep. Western Province, such a prestige. Regional
0: so
2: yeah, I grew up at, uh, watching cricket at Newlands on a Friday night or Sunday afternoon and day-night games uh, with Gary and used to play and Graham Smith, Herschel Gibbs, um, Adrian Caper just to be a very um, be an awesome event to go to when yeah. I was a young kid
0: yeah.
2: under lights and, and, and to represent Western Province was awesome and I thought, okay cool, this is my shot. Um, and I stagnated for a couple of years, uh, well, for a couple of seasons. So two seasons, 2004 and then the 2005 season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know exactly what it was. I don't think I had a particular role model that was close to me that could show me the ropes, uh, that could explain to me what work it needed to, to happen from my side to uh, train my mind, to train my discipline with regards to batting, with regards to bowling, with regards to my physical aspect. Um, and for about two seasons, it stagnated for me, which is, um, which wasn't ideal. But uh, yeah, I, I suppose you need to go through that lulls in your performances.
1: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. One thing that was tipped of you and now. This is a memory I have of you. I remember when we used to have fielding practice, and you, know, you were you were a bit of a freak, and, the, and you seemed to really. I mean, I'm going to be honest here and just put this out. I hated fielding. Like, I I used to get so bored fielding. You know, if I wasn't batting or doing a bit of left-arm bowling, I I did get frustrated. But the people that I watched that were the best at fielding loved fielding practice. And you were one of them. And they reckon in your young days, you were tipped potentially to be like the next John T. Rhodes. You know, was was he a role model to you when you were coming? Was he somebody you looked up to?
2: 92 World Cup is when I first saw him the run yeah, out okay, into yeah. in the the
1: the dive through the stumps.
2: Yes, the most one of the most iconic like photographs in world like history. Or uh, just at the time, it was one of the most special things. We came out of uh, isolation from apartheid, and then we went to the World Cup, and he ran in the out and I was about nine years old, and I thought that was amazing.
0: Yeah,
2: I want I would love to do that. Yeah. Fast forward to uh 10 years i'm in the academy and i had an opportunity technically i was two steps away you know uh, yeah. western province a side and then like the national side so if you uh think about it that i wasn't too far off but yeah. um he was the leader of mine i was very athletic i was very gifted with regards to being fast i had fast i have fast twitch fibers and I can run fast and and, and my ball and ball eye uh and ball um and eye chords were pretty good and I just wanted to be good in in everything really. So I mean I suppose that's I don't know if I was gonna be the next John I don't think <laughs> uh anybody Did you could ever get be... did you ever get
1: the chance to, to work with him? Did I've have...
2: met him I've met him a few times, yes. Um and it was quite surreal to meet him. Uh, uh, but then again, you kind of formulate your own kind of ideas of how to go about the game. By the time I met him, I I've, up I've I've was probably playing for about 10 years or, or yeah, 10 years at the time. So, you know, but he was a legend and I enjoyed and chatted about the game. And, you know, he was on a very different path, you know, running these camps in India. And, and, yeah. and it would have been awesome if he spent a bit more time in South Africa. Uh, yeah. But I mean, that's his, I mean, that's his own decision, to yeah. learn, you know, uh, trying to impart knowledge to a different part of the world. So, but I did meet him as a legend of the game, a, le- a, a legend of mine, and and that kind of got me into wanting to play for my country. Was seen at Ranata Pinswamula. Yeah, oh,
1: amazing, amazing. Yeah. So looking, looking at your, you know, I looked at your career, and for me, Fudgy, 2009 was a big, 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 big season for you. That that seemed to. Really, I mean, looking at your stats in that year, I mean, you averaged 45 um, in domestic limited overs cricket. You averaged 66 in T20, which mm. is incredible, man. That's like, I mean, if you averaged 25 or 30 in T20, yeah. I think you're doing, I think you're doing pretty well. Um, yeah. And also in 2009, you had a very memorable moment where you hit a six off the last ball. Um, to win a game for South Africa against Hong Kong in the Hong Kong Sixes. So yes. just, just in general, just talk to me about that season. What, what clicked? Was that was that just years of, you know, finding your feet and then just knowing your game really well? So
2: what's that? 2006, 7, 8, 9, 9, 10. It's about, I suppose, the first two years, I got my contract in 2006. So I played two years amateur cricket Went in a, in a bit of a break for a year because I had a, an ACL injury. So when okay. going to touch on it slightly, when you ask about my mental game, before, after two years from 2004 to 2006, those two seasons where I speak about stagnating, I played rugby in the winter before the summer of 2006 and I tore my ACL, uh, anterior cruciate ligament uh, injury. I had to have an operation and uh, it took me about seven and a half, months of aggressive re- rehab to kind of get back to playing and i thought i was never going to run again let alone play cricket again and speaking about the mental game i had to overcome quite a serious injury to get myself even back to playing any type of sport mm-hmm. uh, or run let alone professional sport anyway so i signed my contract up at the titans first two years is very up and down few performances here few failures there and then I think the reason was I signed another two-year contract after my first two-year contract. It kind of gave me the confidence. Um, yeah, it gave me the confidence to know that, look, the team believes in me by keep, first of all giving me another two-year contract.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think
2: I was in the middle of it and uh, there was a bit of security. Um, I'd worked on my game in 2008. I stayed behind. So in 2000, 2000 and, uh Seven, I went over to the UK mm-hmm. and I played in 2004 uh, in Guisborough mm-hmm. up in the northeast. Mm-hmm. And then in 2008, I stayed behind and I worked on my game fully. So in 2009 came around, um, I'd had a full winter in South Africa of working on my game, mm-hmm. uh, ironing out any uh, kinks uh, at that time. And I think that gave me kind of a good understanding of my game. And that met with an opportunity to play. I was fortunate enough to play quite a lot of cricket at the time for the first team. And, and, and to develop my game at the first team level was, uh, was a key. And I went through a purple patch. And yeah, the rest is history in that season, I would, I would imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just for, from I didn't mean to, to skip some of the years there, but from looking at your game, yeah. I think you really launched. Was 2009? I think that yeah. that really leapfrogged you, um, because from there you obviously would have got the attention of, you know, the national selectors would have started, you know, having a look at you at that point and thinking, right,
2: definitely, you know,
1: there's, there's, there's something here. Um, and obviously 2012, oh. um, that we were rewarded as well by by going to going to the World Cup in Sri Lanka, the, the T20 World Cup. How, how 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 proud a moment was that for you?
2: Yeah, that season was, in my opinion, my breakout season with regards to so on the domestic circuit was uh, 2009, but the 2012, the consistency of performances in a particular T20 tournament was, was uh, yeah out of this world, and that led me to be selected in the national side, made my debut, and in 2012 later on in September I went to Sri Lanka uh, in a World Cup, and that was a pretty special moment. So the consistency of performances was.
1: Um, Sorry just to interrupt you as well, you also got the SAT20 Player of the Year that year as well.
2: Um, I think that's what led me to the whole story. Like I had a great tournament, got Player of the Year, made my debut literally two days after the final. We played the final on the Friday night and on the Sunday we were playing against India and making my debut.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh, it was an amazing story Uh, and then I was in the national team, I was like, oh no. This is, and then what was funny was in my debut game, Jacques Gallus was batting in just in a benefit game for him against India. Right. And I was batting at four, and I never batted four, but Galikas and my head coach said you're batting four. Yeah, and he opened the batting. He scored sixty. He came off, and I was we were crossing the field, representing our country. And ten years prior to that, I was bowling to him in the nets. So that was quite a special moment, like, you know, so. Yeah, anyway, that was just a part of us. Who
1: were some of the other guys in the changing room that you went into when you first went in at that point?
2: Um, Dane Villas, actually. Uh, uh, Juan Buerta, Wayne Parnell, Colin Ingram, Fafti Plessis, Jacques Gallus. Um Yeah, those were uh, Robin Peterson at the time. AB? Imi... Amy... I'm sure he was there. Okay. I... But that was, yeah, 2012, I think, I think Emi was there, um...
1: No, I was saying Abi. Yeah, sorry, I said Abi. Oh,
2: AB. ah, so I AB or <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I think Abi. I mean, Abi. Abi, yeah, Abi was definitely there, um... Yeah, so, so that, the 2012 was actually the year that, like, kind of really kick-started, like, like, the journey. So, at that time, it would have been six years playing franchise cricket. Yeah. 2012 got played the year t20 made my South African debut and then yeah that was that was a pretty special time.
1: How did you? How were you welcomed as a newbie? Obviously as a youngster coming in, did you settle quite well in the changing room? Did you feel comfortable in your in yourself? Like being around, obviously such big superstars, Um, did you were you were you were you quite comfortable quite quickly in that changing room?
2: yeah i think i was comfortable in the change room ab was there he's played for the titans when we had a quite a strong titans contingent in the national team Mornay morkel tailstay and lb morkel uh faf de Plissi, AB de villiers uh so those were like the guys that i played with uh in the national team and uh hashim amla i know him well and he he was then in the setup um and the coaching staff at the time, Gary Kirsten, you know, I really got on well with the coaching staff, and I really liked the ideas that they had. And um, we so move, And the team that I played for, leading up to the my debut, the Titans, was a very successful team. Yeah. So all of those factors contributed when I got into the team. I felt comfortable. Um, you know, my skill level was at a particular level, which was which wasn't great. Uh, yes, I was really good at the time. Looking back. Um, you know, the players I played against internationally, they were of great quality, you know, uh, and, and I wish I wish I had a little bit, touch more guidance with regarding the, just the nuances of the game at the time. But that's part and parcel. You got to learn, you got to knock your head. Uh, yeah. You know, I played against some great players, you know, especially uh, in that beginning. But, um, so yeah, that was just a little bit of a story. I wish I had a little bit, touch more like, Maybe my, maybe I needed to work a touch harder, just a little, add a little bit more luck in the beginning. Uh, but I mean, it all happens for a reason, So yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, looking at your looking at your going to talk about some more some more moments in your career. But it was when I was looking at it and really studying it, very stop start. You know, there was
0: yeah.
1: always this. I mean, look at the the, the number that just spoke about there in two thousand and nine, two thousand and twelve. The fact that you were named Player of the Year and in such a strong cricketing playing nation shows what you were capable of. Um, mm-hmm. And you had you had moment. There's one other thing you know I noticed as well. You always seem to bat a little bit down the order, like you know. And <laughs> you've got you love a red inker. You look, but I can. But that's that's because I think you probably had to come in and bat with the tail a lot. Like you, you never really seemed to get that. That kinda number five, you know, six lows kind of six lows, but if you got it consistently, but you I think probably if you've been able to get number five and and cement your split it might have given you the chance to score bigger runs.
2: Yeah, the only thing there was a couple of guys ahead of me in that particular queue. Sometimes there's JP generally wondered at ODIs and there's another guy called AB de Villiers who was kinda ahead of me in the queue. Yeah, yeah. So I think I had to bat six on occasion. I'm a Genuine five five has been my best position if mm-hmm. you ask me what's your best position in all formats I would say five five yep. is where I think I can uh, change the game uh, and in that when I started and especially odi crickets Africa had of the best players I'm not in his pump maybe villiers in his pump yeah um we had like three
1: JP Dumini as well who was uh,
2: in his pump yeah like yeah, I'm not great, saying like
0: in player. like
2: yeah, like, in his pump. And then a young Quinton de Kock, like, yeah. rising from the ranks. And, like, yeah. Quinton, Ashim, Faf, who started off averagely. Yeah. And now he's one of the, you know, top 10 ODI batters in the world. You know, you would admit it as well. He played, like, 50 ODIs. And then he averaged only, like, 30.
0: Yeah.
2: Before... Changing around his, his game massively, but he was at three. AB was at four. JP was at five, and then I slot in at six. And then yeah. I always used to fight with Riley Rousseau, David Miller, Colin Ingram, to name a few. I mean, yeah, the top
1: top class players as well, man. Like
2: serious. So players. I suppose I put pressure on myself to kind of perform whenever I did. So firstly, it was the pressure to perform. Secondly, which is a thing across the world sport. Yeah. Secondly. It was the opportunity that you got was limited. Like, I remember it used to interchange between myself and Dave Miller. So, he would play the whole series against Sri Lanka. I would play the whole, I would go on 2 to west innings. He wouldn't even get selected. Then we'd split the series between against England, like 50-50. We always used to fight so hard <laughs> to get a game. Yeah, uh, It kind of depended on a bit of form and stuff. So, that why it was a big stop start and, and, and the role itself is so hard back in that six. So that the limit so and the fact that I had little time when the guys were on form, I'd only get ten balls max, fifteen yeah. balls max in, in the one day innings. Yeah. Give my wicket away. Stats look unha- stats doesn't look great. But that was I was proud to do it. I was proud to give the wicket away for my country. But just those guys were such beasts. Hashim scored in big hundreds, A B batting the way backs contributing heavily, you know, a young Quentin O'Cock, JP Dumine in his pump. Yeah. And um that's why it's a bit stop start, like, you know, no, no real consistent run of performances for a long time. For periods yeah. in time, definitely, but not for for years and years on end.
1: Yeah. I mean that's a tough when you when you actually break it down there, Fudgy. I mean you can you know, it's easy for me to say from here like, oh you never really yeah. spend the number six spot, but when you started naming even three or four names that were fighting for the one or two spots there um, behind the three or four guys that were probably banging, you know, like you say, knocking hundreds every other game. Exactly. It's a bloody tough, tough kick. It's, you know, that's a, it's a, I, mean, I didn't quite have those legends around me when I was coming to the Scottish team. So maybe I just, maybe, maybe I just called that one a little bit little bit wrong. So
2: Yeah, that's but, been stuff. <laughs> even, even, even speaking about it to you now, like it just puts it into perspective. It's like, actually I did okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, I did okay. I got listen, to part, listen, play with all. Listen,
1: bro, you played for your country. You played for South Africa consistently. <laughs> you know, consistently or not, you played for over a good, good number of years. You know, six to be in fact. Six, six, <laughs> six, seven years. Like, listen, that's uh, that's something to be to be very, very, very proud of. It's, I mean, Thanks, you, your, your country is just the team is just blessed with talent. I mean, it's it's I, and I'm I, you know I think I think if you were coming through now, Fudgy, you probably would have played a lot more cricket because you're not quite as as strong currently as what you were when you were coming through. Because the guys coming exactly. through when you were coming through, that was a serious lineup in all formats of, all formats of cricket. Um, yeah. 2012, how was your experience in Sri Lanka of going over for the World Cup?
2: Brilliant. Uh, just before the first game, I was never in the starting lineup. up uh, We played a warm-up game against New Zealand. Justin Antong was the incumbent at the time. He got a first ball duck. I got 22 night out of 11 balls closing off the T20 warm up game against yeah. New Zealand. Uh, I remember I hit Doug Bracefell over extra cover for six. Nice. I played every game at the T20 World Cup. <laughs> nice, nice. It was, a, it was a very surreal thing. I, the, the perception changed within like a few balls for me, like within 20 minutes of the incumbent to the guy on the fringe. Uh, it was an awesome, I remember Pat Cummins hitting me on my shoulder in one of the games um, with a bouncer. I was young, I was 28 years old, I was very well versed in South African conditions.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, going to Sri Lanka, playing against the best. You know, Pakistan had Muhammad, uh, Muhammad Afiz, Ajmal, you know, they had Afridi, and then that's not even to mention umar Ghul. And, yeah. Um, but... Australia had a great side, Shane Watson, Pat Cummins, uh, Nathan I think Nathan Bracken played, I'm, I'm, I'm not too certain. But anyway, um, the experience was fantastic. Yeah. We didn't do too well, um, as we haven't in, a lot, in any ICC event. Yeah. But um, yeah, the uh, fantastic experience, uh, so hot, the crowds, the vibe. Um, yeah, just being a part of a World Cup after seeing it in 92 when John Tirod I mean, me being in a in a World Cup, yes, not the 50th of a World Cup, but being in a World Cup was, yeah, it was something special.
1: Yeah, I got to go to the 2007 World Cup in your country, South Africa. Yeah. Uh, only played one of the warm-up games against uh, Zimbabwe, but again, just being there, like I was, a, I was like a fan. I was like coming, I, yeah. I, I like I attacked Herschel Gimp pretty much in the hotel. I was coming out of the, out of the hotel and I clocked him going in. I just ran up to him. Sat down with him in the lobby, and he must have thought, and I, "I'm like, yeah, I play for Scotland," and he's like, "All oh, right, I thought you were just a, I thought you were just a, a <laughs> randomer." T- but I mean, it's just amazing. To, I can, I can see that was your first experience in your career as well of being part of a, of a world competition. It must have been, must have been special. 2014, you scored a knock that stands out for me. Now I always judge cricketers of what happens when they go to Australia. That is yeah. like. That is, like, really important to me. I've grown up watching test cricket, <laughs> staying up all night, watching the cricket in Australia. And just see anybody that goes to Australia and scores runs, I'll, I'll, automatically, I just think, you know, I respect that. <laughs> and, you, and you scored in 2014 at Sydney, SCG. Um, I believe it was 63 or 64, but it was a 50, 50, uh, 50 anyway. You know, looking up on it, that, was a, th- that must have been a big moment for you as well, to, you know, to do it against Australia in Australia.
2: It Got me to the World Cup the next year, so I, sp- I keep speaking about this World Cup in '92 when John T. Roach did this amazing thing. And was, I was nine years old, they were in Australia, and I thought I want to do that one day. 23 years later, or tw- firstly, 22 years later, I was at the SCG playing against Australia, and I played every game in that series. Yeah, and I was threatening to do really well. I, I got, uh, I got like Twenty-five of twenty-five at the Wacker. Uh, Nathan now was playing Mitchell Johnson. Uh great Australian Michael Clark was playing. I mean, the Who's Who was playing. And uh, the final game of that competition, I I got sixty uh sixty four for about forty-eight balls, and it was like the best Australian lineup. Mitchell uh, Stark was playing, Cummins was playing, Hazewood was playing. I mean they oh, had an absolute not, bomb. Uh, yeah, play. it was like a bomb a bomb uh, bowling lineup, and I did really well. It one of my favourite uh, innings ever and one of my favourite venues. And, yeah, I still have it on, on playback at home <laughs> every now and again. I just remind myself, you know, look, I, once upon a time, I dominated one of the best bowling attacks in the world, so...
1: Yeah. Um, no, pre- no like, when you look at your career, that's one innings that, for me, really, yeah, no, really, really stood <laughs> out. Um, and when you name that attack. So what do you think? Do you think do you think were you just seeing it big that day? Did it just James
2: always... Faulkner also played. So James Faulkner, Mitchell Stark, Pat Cummins and Josh would played that day. That was the attack.
1: Proper attack. I mean that
2: and Faulkner, had... Faulkner
1: really good at those slower balls and Yorkers. At the smutler. time
2: at yeah, at the time he was like this bat guy batting at seven eight who could bowl one thirty, but he had back around slow balls, he had good variation and he was a left hander uh, yeah. who could beat him at the back end. Anyway, we, I got that, those runs and then came back, played against West Indies and then got selected for the World Cup. So the 50 year of the World Cup, which was the biggest, of the, the biggest dream of mine. So um, to come back 23 years later to play in a World Cup where I idolized my heroes doing it uh, 23 years prior, um, and that was probably one of the most special moments, yeah.
1: Listen. Well, think- uh, I could talk to you about the whole thing, but I'm going to highlight a couple of moments that were relevant to me as a fan as well, watching. So first of all, you made a good fifty against the UE. Um, that
0: is
2: my that is my second one of my second favourite moments in my career. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 in my top five because we yeah go on. Sorry, I'm telling. I'm no, no, no. After.
1: I want to hear about it. Tell me, tell me about you know that that any No, time. we
2: were. No, we played at the Cakedown. So one of my Cakedown in Wellington in New Zealand against the UAE. And we were struggling. We were, maybe we got out for 99, uh, which was weird. But we, we, we were only in about 260 or 70 after about 47 overs.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, if UAE straight is very long, uh, square is very short at the Cakedown, obviously drop in pitches. Mm-hmm. We get to under 300. You know, there could be a chance if somebody gets off to a fast start, gets, you know, it's very possible with, uh, you know, like Asian cricketers to get off to a fast start, get 50 or 30 balls, get 90 of the first 10 overs, put yeah. us under pressure.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I did really well. I got 62 not out of 31 balls and we got to 340 and, and, and the game yeah, was that, done. That,
1: that, 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 that killed the game then. So you're running Yeah, good.
2: That, exactly. So in those three overs, we got like 60 runs or something. Crazy. Yeah, and I I was smashing it to all parts, uh, and that was yeah that was a that was a moment um, that was that 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 was special to me because I contributed to a, a World Cup winning performance.
1: Yeah, um, a, a World Cup that you had been dreaming of since ninety two. So, since ninety two, well, yeah. You got you got, got to pinch yourself in those moments, man. You got to you got to really remember yeah. when you're when you kind of come towards. You know, you played a lot of your career and you look at those little moments, and, and, and that, that obviously, I'm glad I mentioned that that knock in Australia now because that got you a World Cup in 2015. Um, yes. But unfortunately, I come from a Pakistani background as well, Faji. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, South Africa, oh man, if, if Pakistan don't do well, I always support South Africa, but it's also such a frustrating team to support in the World Cup because no. as you know, like okay. just, I mean, it starts back from ninety two. Brian McMillan and Dave Richardson left hanging dry. Okay. When they were going to win that game against England, they would have won and, and probably went on to beat Pakistan in the final, there's a good chance. Then you've got the Sean Pollock moment where he didn't quite calculate correctly and he, In two thousand
2: and three, even Mark Boucher, '99 was uh, the drop catcher.
1: 99, you know, ninety nine. Donald doesn't run. Uh, what a moment that will be. Just, But that day in particular in the 2015 World Cup was another moment. De Villiers had the game won against Pakistan. And I remember I was I was actually in Pakistan visiting family. It was a family wedding. And I was sitting watching the game with a couple of friends. And we were just, you know, that kind of, it's like when you put the fielding team's energy down, you know, you're not. And we were like, this game is done. De did de- and I'll never forget Wabria's dropped one in short. The Villiers helped it round the corner and picked out fine leg, and the rest was history. That was that, no, that, was, that out, was that, that was South Africa out of the World Cup. How did that, that, was quarter, I think it was at quarter finals.
2: No, 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 no. Last sixteen. No, are you talking about
1: 2015?
2: Yeah. But no, that wasn't it. We lost the game against Pakistan, but it wasn't the quarter, it wasn't nothing. The quarter-final, we played against Sri Lanka. The semi-final, we played against New Zealand. Grant ah. Elliott, they needed five of two. Do
1: you know what it was? We needed to win the game to get through. Pakistan needed to win to get through. So that was, sorry, my, my got,
2: No worries. And then, uh we got to the quarter-final, beat, Australia beat you. Then they beat India in the semi. We played New Zealand in the semi. We lost in the semi. Oh,
0: uh, that's
2: right. Uh, and that's even far. At the end, at the end, again.
0: Yeah. At the end,
2: yeah. we were on our way to score three hundred and three hundred and fifty plus. That was the game. Yeah. Brendan McCullum came out; he got a hundred runs in the first ten overs, and then we were clawing our way back in a rain-reduced game. Yeah. And uh yeah, I mean that was heartbreak again, once again.
1: uh the East, South Africa. You know what's going to happen? Let's hope that me and you talking about this, we can bring some luck. The next World Cup. We're, we're rooting for South Africa. Uh, yeah, no, you know what, definitely. You know what? Maybe, maybe the next World Cup because the expectations aren't there. Always South Africa go to the World Cup with a team that you expect this team yeah. to win the World Cup. So maybe yeah. this, if you don't have the expectations. Maybe this time they might just they might just win it.
2: Let's hope so, but let's hope There's so. We need to win soon. something in South Africa from a cricketing perspective. Uh, oh, absolutely. absolutely. At some point. At some point.
1: It's got to happen, bro. It's got to happen. <laughs> Two thousand and sixteen. Um, you managed to play you got you got a gig in the IPL, three matches yes. for Kings Eleven Punjab. Yes. I hope that improved your bank balance a little bit.
2: Well, just a little bit, <laughs> not a hell of a lot. I got one well, was the first pick. I think first pick wasn't too uh, wasn't too great, but I mean yep. the experience was fantastic. Uh, on the back of a T twenty series uh, I on the back of an Indian one day in t20 series in the october of the preceding year in 2015 we beat india in india yeah that was a pretty special moment and uh on the back of that i got selected in the ipl and uh the assistant coach sanjay bangar was head coach of the, the ipl side and he liked what he liked what i had to offer uh-huh. i did really well in certain small in small instances in india uh-huh. and uh yeah, brilliant, brilliant experience. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get too much game time, but I mean, the experience nonetheless. I got to play a few RPL games, and yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so that is quite uh, special. Quite special,
1: quite special. Listen, big special moment, 2017. Um, the boy from you know Johannesburg, born and bred, got to Cape Town, grew up in you know tough times. Had, you, sure. know, you know you know you gave a lot of thanks to your parents at the start of this uh, episode and there must have been such a, a proud moment for all the family um when in two thousand and seventeen you got to captain South africa in a three match series against uh, sri lanka
2: yes that was a that was a proud moment in my career It's in my top five uh I've, it was about three of the top five that i've mentioned so far yeah i'm
1: doing (laughs) all right um, i'm doing okay i'm getting the good moments
2: in yeah no look i think uh representing my country is a great achievement but to captain my country was truly special and i got to captain at my home ground at supersport park Mm -hmm. um so the start of the series was at supersport park but it was there was a lot of rain around thunderstorms that happened in up country, um in the high-field, uh, over the summer period, and I was interested to be captain for a particular series. A lot of the current players at the time were resting, Faf, JP, Khaji Sorobada, Quintin And I was a senior player, if you could call it that, basically from age. They picked a lot of people, or a lot of, of our squad at the time, was from uh, the domestic T uh, yeah. tournament that, you know, it really well. So, I was entrusted to captain the team, and uh, at SuperSport Park on a Friday night, if I'm not mistaken, because it was a night game, uh, and we won. So, a short it was like a, I think we batted first, got a hundred, and they chased, and they were about five or six runs short. It was a, quite a hectic and pressure game, but a really, a really proud moment.
1: No, that, that must, uh, And how did you captain? How did you? How were you? Do did you, did you think
2: you've done a good job? I had ambitions to captain. Like, I was so into leading teams after reaching particular heights as a player for my franchise, playing for the national side now, going on like five years. And maybe not thinking about captaining my country, but I always thought about leading a group of men. So maybe franchise first, build up some experience, and then maybe doing it at an international level mm-hmm. um i always had the skill to do it um it's not the it's not for everybody it's a tough gig because you have to deal especially at that level you have to deal with a lot of press mm-hmm. um, you know you always have to handle yourself in a particular way sometimes i like to be a little bit more abrasive and a, a, a little bit more forthcoming and uh you know i i don't like to m- m- like mince my words like i want to tell you exactly how i feel and i feel that like Maybe that's one lesson I could like kind of teach myself is, is, is to always, you know, stick through to that. Um, we lost the series 2-1. Um, mm-hmm. I felt that maybe we needed one or two more senior players to play.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, in, in our team, we had a very young and inexperienced team at the time mm-hmm. uh, with regards to international cricket. But then in saying that, that's their biggest moments as well. You know, they've, a lot of guys made their debut. So for them, it was a special moments And, And that is also another side to the story is that for those guys, it might be their best moments where I'm thinking, look, we needed to win the series from a South African point of view. So there's so many different sides to a captaincy coin and how you have to be and stuff like that. And, and I, you know, I like to, especially in the last couple of years or especially in this last year to lead without having the, the, the captaincy armband on me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I have a lot of experience, a lot of matches under the belt uh, with different scenarios. So, I think uh, at the time, I was it was a really proud moment and I'd like to have continued that. Um, but now, I'm towards the back end of my career, I think I have much more to offer uh, without having the captain's armband on me.
1: You may have... Uh... You might have abused the press a couple of times over the years. <laughs> I think wrong. I
2: did. <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the things I've always said is that the finisher role, which obviously that's a term coined over the last 10 years, the finisher role is such a tough role. But in five, six, seven, yeah. closing off games mm-hmm. for either your franchise or your country, especially on an international level, there are so many people willing to, firstly, um criticize you for not doing well mm-hmm. um and then in turn the same people praise you for for getting across the line so it's such a tough job and and i think if people understood exactly what we went into to do, actually you know doing that job they might have a slight understanding but it's such a tough job man you have you have, you have to have tough skin i think i feel my mentality comes from you have to have a tough skin
1: yeah um, no, back I in
2: can... five and six and trying to finish your games i can
1: imagine um, it must be very, you know, South Africa the expectation is so so high that you, so high. you you you've got pressure on you every single time you put the shirt on and you walk out. Yes. But when you're in a role that you don't have more than like a couple overs to get going, you pretty much gotta get going straight away. It's a it's a it's a, it's a very tough gig. Um, two thousand seventeen, you went to the champions trophy. Yes. Unfortunately you carried a lot of drinks, I think, on that on that trip.
2: I've never played one champions trophy. Game. I've been to two Champions Trophy, uh, so 2012 T20 World Cup, 2013 Champions Trophy, 2014 T20 World Cup in Bangladesh, 2015 Big 50 over World Cup, 2016 T20 World Cup in India, and then 2017 Champions Trophy in England. I never played one Champions Trophy game.
1: Why, why, what, 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 what? What was the point in picking you if you weren't going to play? And all I well, that's the a lot. thing is,
2: the tournament the tournament runs by so quickly. Yeah. The first tournament we played against in two thousand and thirteen, Gary Kirsten said to me the morning after the semi final loss to England at the Oval in two thousand and thirteen. I think we were sixty for six batting first. Last the toss. I put into bat sixty for six. Uh, I think AB de Villiers got run out and Dave Miller got run out and. Um, he said to me after chatting, he said he probably should have played an extra batter. And a, a, batter, a batter that could bowl instead of a bowler that could maybe back, Because Rory Klainfeld played in my place and he got, he got a 40 or something, if I'm not mistaken. We got to a respectable, well, I say respectable, but I think we got to like 160, but we lost by like, like seven or eight wickets. Um, the last one in 2017, we never even got part, we played three games. Mm. We never got to the semi-finals. We lost. Mm-hmm. We beat Sri Lanka, lost to Pakistan, lost to India. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, so you lose to Bangladesh. you so, lose that, to, so, that, so, that, so, the
1: 2017 one, you know, the... Shocker. Yeah, you, you just didn't have a... It wasn't a good tournament. But yeah, let's, no, I, let's, let's you look back at the Champions Trophy when your career ends too fondly. It's not a tournament that you've, uh, you've ever got the chance to excel in.
2: No, look, I've been to them. I've been a part of this particular side. I've got to represent my country still. So, I mean, I've got to go to the events and experience what it was to be part of those those events. And, you know, as much as I, I didn't maybe achieve the heights I achieved in international cricket, I got to see wonderful places and meet different yeah. meet awesome people and, and play at stadiums, um, whether it be warm-ups or international games all around the world. Yeah. Um, so afforded me opportunities to go see personally physically see places travel to places eat at different restaurants meet new people train at different facilities there's so that's the, that, you know that's
1: sometimes yeah it's, you, there's a lot of guys that are working working hard you've got really got mates that are working their asses off yes yeah. folks in Africa they hardly get a holiday and you know yeah you really are blessed whether you're not playing or not like you say you're getting to see the world.
2: Exactly. So that is the idea with regards to the, um, you know, that particular aspect. I mean, when I look back at the time, I'm maybe a bit aggrieved. I didn't get selected for the game or I didn't go to a tournament, uh, didn't play a game. But like in the back end, hindsight's wonderful, though, obviously. At the time, maybe you but a bit disappointed. But looking back, you know, it's, that particular journey was amazing. I've done all what I needed to do. Six years in a row to go to six ICC events.
1: Yeah, you can't go blank, yeah. can you? You would have taken that at the start of your career to play. The main country.
2: thing is in in all of the World Cups, the mm-hmm. three T20 World Cups and the 50 over World Cup, I played in. So I was a part, physically a part of those particular tournaments, the World Cups yeah. in Sri Lanka, in India, in Bangladesh, and in the big 50 over World Cup, I played four out of the eight games. So yeah. That was a that was brilliant, and uh, that's one thing I always hold on to is that I played, I was physically a part of it, and
1: yeah, no, you, uh, you should be you should be uh, you should be very proud, my friend. Um, you, yeah, you've, you've, you've obviously you played a couple of your last games, your last ODI, um, if I'm right, is against India at Centurion in 2018. Yes. Um, and your last T20 was against India at Newlands 2000. Nope. No
2: last year, last T20 was uh, 2018 November if i'm not mistaken so it was against Australia on the Gold okay, okay. Coast.
1: Okay. Okay so how is uh, how was that did, did you, did you what's your feelings do you feel that you should you, you should still be playing? Uh, this is obviously now going to be touching on it. you mentioned at the start of this when that you're going to be coming over to to lovely sunny Newcastle or oh, you meant to be <laughs> still all this fuck in. Is this, a sign, yeah, I, of, is this a sign? I of,
2: mean, I say. Sorry, say again.
1: Is this the sign of another? You know, another? You know, great servant to South African cricket, deciding to move on because doesn't maybe agree with the, with the system.
0: <laughs>
2: I'm very competitive by nature. Um, yeah. And in 2017 and 2018 season, so I had my best year ever with regards to my statistics. Yep. Yeah. Um and then leading into the 2019 season, I never played for South Africa. I, I had the best season got selected against India, but only played the one 50 over game, played the 3T20s. Uh sorry, played, yeah, I played the 3T20s against India. The next year, leading into the 2019 50 over World Cup, I was thinking about the World Cup. I put pressure on myself. Didn't have a great season. Didn't go to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was terribly disappointed, and 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 I. I just, I, it, it, it was heartbreaking because at the time, even in my age, so from a physical point of view, I was competing with the best. Yeah. Um, from a skill point of view, I was more equipped to go in 2019 than I was going in any of the previous world cup years, Mm -hmm. champions trophy years based on a experience point of view. Mm -hmm. Um, And, oh man, it was, it was heartbreaking, but on the other side of it, like I had no issues. Like I don't have an issue with like the management, like, or whatever I don't have, like there's no, like, sinister story it's just i fell out of favor me chasing a dream a boyhood dream of mine i fell out of favor because i i just wanted it too badly mm. and uh, me coming to the uk is a bit of a or getting an opportunity to come to the uk i know i'm not here now i'm in tutorial but um was just a different challenge for me you know coming towards the back end of my career and kind of just realizing that there needs to be some sort of change within uh, cricket in South Africa, opportunities for younger guys to forge their careers. Uh, yeah, just the realization that it's, it's, it's kind of time to move on. You know, I can't keep hanging on to that particular dream. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a, a way that I need to let go of it. And uh, a way of letting go of it is coming to the UK, starting afresh, new challenges, and that's what I was looking forward to. This, you know, this last couple of months.
1: Well, listen, none of us pers- could foresee what was going to come. Yeah. Um, like you said, when we when we first started talking, the main thing is. What's it like
2: in Scotland, there?
1: Scotland, um, we haven't had it quite as bad yeah. as England. I mean, yeah. t- touch wood. You know, we've had there's been a lot of deaths. There has been a lot of deaths, and.
2: Where are you based? Uh, like? La- I'm Glass- La- what?
1: I'm in Glasgow. Glasgow. So it's been, it's been. You know, there's been we've been in lockdown. Only in the last maybe two or three days, as things eased a little bit. So we're allowed yeah. to meet with one other person from another yeah, yeah. household outside. Um, but for the last two and a half months, you know, it's pretty much, I've just been at home with my, I had a new, I've got a five and a half month old daughter. So lockdown, yeah. pretty much she was born and then a couple of months later lockdown hit in. So me and my wife have been kept busy with with our daughter anyway. And, you know, in some ways it's been a, it's been a really blessed time because, you know, I've probably spent time with, with my daughter and my family that I wouldn't have. I would have been busy in other areas of my life and doing things. So, no, it's, yeah. uh, But, you know, obviously, heart, heart goes out to the people who, who have lost their loved ones. And, you know, it's a really, it's a really, really sad time. But I think the main thing is that we come through this um, and, and there's light at the end of the tunnel. And, and have you had communication with Durham? Are, they, are there talks of, the, you know, things were still perceived as, as normal for next year? Or is there even talks of you maybe getting over for The back end of the season, if something
2: happens, yeah. Look, so the first of August is when the counties have kind of postponed the season to, um, yep. that's in two months, yeah. And uh, there are repatriation flights coming from South Africa to the UK, and I can't get onto one of those flights because I have to go come for work, like it's a valid reason, yeah. Um, so that is an idea that I need to kind of just kind of keep an eye on the repatriation yep. flights and keeping an eye on... Because I see England has kind of said that they're going to play three test matches against West Indies. So, they're trying to recuperate some broadcast rights to kind of fund the game in the UK. From a county perspective, I know a lot of the county games are... You know, it's a ticket sale based. It's merchandise. It's, you know, people go to the stadiums. They... You know, they buy the beers, they get the food in, and it's quite well supported. You know, yeah, especially over yeah. the last, a lot of guys I've actually spoken to saying that you know, county T20 games, you know, like it's oh yeah, it's back, it's, back,
1: it's back over
2: here, jam packed in a Friday night. So you know, they the counties rely on those sales of people or just the the vibe, and they set up events and they roll out all these activations at the stadiums. You know, for kids and and it's and it's quite a big, it's quite a big story. So for them not to, uh, I, for them not to be able to host games where spectators are allowed is, is is going to eat into their revenues and i don't know whether they can um you know f- you know fund their game just based on broadcast rights it's specifically the domestic game but that's the decision that they would all have to make and um i'm not too certain how that all stands i i, I don't know the ins and outs of county cricket you know i'm looking yeah. forward to coming over um I was really looking forward to playing at Lords. I've never played at Lords. I was twelfth man at Lords once. So you know, in if, if the season was normal, we would have played Middlesex at Lords in September, like the second last championship game. Yeah. And then the last championship game would have been at Trent Bridge against Nottinghamshire. So um I've played at Trent Bridge before, which is awesome. So that's yeah. an iconic stadium. But Lords, I've never played at Lords. It's one of the most iconic stadiums. So I was looking to different experiences. Uh we in the Northern Groups so to play a T20 game at Headingley. I was 12th man at Headingley once, so I never played there. Uh, to play at Old Trafford against Lancashire on a Sunday afternoon, I mean, that would have been an awesome experience for yeah. me personally. And I think those are the things that I'm looking forward towards the back end of my career. Uh, in part, or uh, kind of usher in the new generation with all the knowledge I've acquired and then mm-hmm. new experiences, playing at little county grounds like outgrounds, I and mean, they've been playing at the biggest stadiums in the UK, i.e., Old Trafford, Eddingley, Trent Bridge, uh, Lords. Uh, so, those are the things I'm looking for currently, you know, is to kind of motivate me going into the last bit of my career. I mean, it's been 16 years now, since 2004. Uh, going into my 17th year, and I, I mean, I'm still fresh physically, mentally, mentally, I'm more fresh than anything. I haven't played a lot of cricket in the last year, I fractured my finger. Uh, and I was out for about seven weeks in the middle of our summer, so it was a bit disappointing. So I was very, I was really looking forward to getting over to the UK. But everything has a timing. The big man has best. Yeah. Uh, well, listen,
1: um, it's. Uh, I wish I wish you nothing but the best. Um, inshallah, you get the opportunity for, to to come still over here, whether it be the back end of this season or whether it be you yeah. now. What I'll say to you is, I live in sunny Glasgow in Scotland, so if you <laughs> and your other half, if she's coming over with you and you want to, yeah, get,
0: you,
1: you want to get a visit to Scotland, then please get in touch, um, and uh, by all means, come and visit, and I can, I'll be I'll happy, it, to, happy to show you some of the sites. But look, from me to you, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I've really appreciated it. It's been really enjoyable to talk through your, your career to date, and hopefully there's a couple of more chapters to tell in the near future.
0: Shukran brother, I really appreciate it.
1: Take care man, Take take
0: care.